You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Screening podcast. I'm your host, Are You Screening's own <laughs> Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And uh, there's a dog. <laughs> there's a dog making weird noises. The blue lights are closer. I'm not used to this. Uh, yeah. The I like it. The funky lights are yeah. there. This week, uh, <laughs> it's American made. Yes. And uh, not flatliners, because uh, you couldn't quite pull me into that. You one. can do a uh, review as far of that. As, as far as I know, that is still like holding on to like zero <laughs> or one or something. It's uh, the Rotten Tomatoes uh, rank for it. The last I saw, it was still zero. We d- um, To be fair, but we don't go to films based on what Rotten Tomatoes or even Metacritic that I like more. We don't listen to them. You just don't. You, I can't get you to this film. Well, I'm going to have to see well, it, tell you it's the greatest thing I've ever seen, no, and that isn't w- even going to be enough. I won't believe Yeah, you won't I believe s- that. The first time I saw a preview of the movie, I was like, right, out of right. that one. Um, I mean, actually, I'll see it eventually, I guess, but no one likes it. Right. <laughs> and, right. And I mean, no one likes it. Um, I bet you it's not worse than Mother, though. Oh, no, I guarantee. You know what's funny about stuff like that is if you're an actor and you are represented by an agent and an agency, which you likely are if you're getting a job in Flatliners, right? you got a weird decision to make. Like, do I want that negative hit on my IMDP page right. or on my, you know, on my casting call? Or am I, am I just going to work because that's the job? And it, I know it's not going to be a hit because I've read yeah. the screenplay and I don't know why we're remaking it. But I'm gonna be in it anyway, and everyone's gonna make fun of me. Yep. You know, I, I, that's a bit of a bind. I still it, wouldn't be in it. I don't think it. It kind of is, and you also have to, you know, it's weird too because times change. Yeah. Uh, with things like that, like there are, there are certain periods where there will be like a year or two, where it seems like people care. Right. Yeah. If you're in right. a, you're in a bad movie, and yeah. all of a sudden everyone starts really ripping on you. Right. But then you'll have like a span of time where it seems like no nobody yeah. cares at all. Right. Everyone just goes, no, just working. And it's like right. this big cycle. We'll get his next one. Or, and yeah. it's a cycle of people's sentiment out there in the world. And yeah. like, I don't hear anyone ripping on anyone in this movie going, I don't want to ever watch them again because right. they were in the world's dumbest movie. And why'd they do that? Like no one right. cares right now. It doesn't seem like, yeah. at least not as much, but it's strange. There have been times, like you know, a few years ago, somebody'd be in something that was really awful, and yeah. people would be, you know, ripping specifically on the actor, yeah, and and not liking them anymore because they decided to be in it. You had to make the choice and sign on, yeah, and, and here you are. And so it's weird. You have to you have to gauge your own thoughts on it. But then you have to work into that mix, like, where are we right now yeah, <laughs> with where, people caring right. or not? Because right. if I make this stupid movie at the wrong time, I mean, then, then it's <laughs> yeah. all over, right? right. Then it'll right. be like five years before anyone, before I'm not on Lifetime Movie Network <laughs> <Right. laughs> right. or whatever. Right. Anyway. Uh, so American made this uh, uh, this week, and I did want to mention a couple of more TV shows Um and I, I almost like I'm still kind of reeling 
uh, from the news in yeah. in general in Las Vegas. I almost right. I almost thought about just not doing this. Yeah, <laughs> because it was is so weird. And uh, you know my my main reaction uh, right now is just that I hate the internet. Yeah, it's not even right. like the thing. It's like no one can say anything without turning it one way or the other it's like people i even agree with politically i don't like yeah now because right. it's it just never ends anyway but um if you happen to be listening in las vegas <laughs> or nevada right uh, right man it was just it was such a wild thing it was such a wild thing it was uh like you were just saying uh so tom petty has died right but it's such a wild thing that you almost couldn't believe it yeah. at first. It's so screwy that to just to be sitting in your hotel room uh, yeah. as as your theory of <coughs> right. That's my you know, point we've, of attack. We've somehow you know. graduated from like walking into the masses of people, right, or whatever. Yep. To now, it's just like finding the perfect sniper perch. It right. seems so bizarre. That you know, it it took you a second, and then Tom Petty died, and you're like, he's not that old. And then people right. kept saying he didn't die. Yeah. And then it kept going back and forth, right. the back and forth, and and it was like a a weird, you know, like TMZ, CNN, TV Guide, mm -hmm. like fist fight or right. something. It was like they were in the House of Commons yelling back and forth at each other going, <laughs> right. he is yeah. due. And right. Well, I, my girlfriend had said it to me. We were in the middle of a different conversation and she had her phone in her hand. She's like, oh man, Tom Petty died. And I went, yeah, really? And she's like, yeah, really? And yeah. I'm like, where are you? Right. She's Who's like, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. I'm like, okay. And I pulled up my phone to go <clears throat> online to look at the news source because I thought, and I'm sure Eddie Murphy died in another, right, you know, right. snowmobile accident. And then weirdly, I just started seeing it. And then, like I told you before we started, I was going to send you a text. And literally, as I was about to send you the text, I got an update that said he wasn't dead. And right. I just thought, well, what is going on? And and it was like, the worst. It body? was the worst kind of back and forth too, because it's not like when Eddie Murphy dies in a ski accident right. and somebody says, "No, that's completely ridiculous." It was like, "No, he's just in the hospital," or you right, know, like, yeah, right. "No, people he's... rush to the judgment." Yeah, right. And so you're like, "Oh, okay. Well, he's not dead. He yeah. just went to the hospital." And people are blowing things right. out of proportion. And then someone else says he's dead again. And it was, man, it was back. It was a crazy. And for yeah. that all to be the same day, right. that was, not, the most, the, was uh, not a fun day. I know we're moving past it. The most chilling and haunting thing about my experience of hearing the news was when I finally sat down. <clears throat> excuse me, because I'm like you. I, I just stay offline. I, I mean, I don't. Right. Everybody's sniping and pointing things out and going back and forth. And it sucks. But when I saw the footage on I, I, I can't remember if it was CNN's site or not with um, the Aldine, the Aldine concert going on and then all of a sudden you hear the gunfire right and I remember watching it for the first time and just thinking that gunfire is not stopping right like it's literally like 20 seconds of red and I'm thinking oh my god like just hearing how long that goes on and on and on and then before <clears throat> before even the performers on the stage take off. It it was just <laughs> it was just really horrific. It was just actually strangely terrifying to hear how long it had gone before anybody reacted. Um, 
And I know we Especially were at a concert. Like I get on it. the stage. It's loud, like he's just still playing for a while. They had another they had another uh clip beneath it where someone was really like front row and they just show him continually singing and then suddenly he sees not he doesn't hear the gunfire, he doesn't see the flash. He sees people in the crowd reacting to something and then slowly then realizes, Oh, I'm the only one on stage. I gotta get out of here. Right. I mean, it there's no there's no interesting thing to say about it except that it was horrible. Yeah. You know. It was uh, completely insane. Yeah. So, uh, all right, moving on to uh, better things, hopefully. So I did want to go through a couple more uh, TV shows real quick, um, and I, I can't remember if I mentioned The Gifted, but that was on last night. And uh, th- Yeah, you were that, telling me. That was, uh, that was actually really surprisingly good, except that uh, it ends and you're unclear about right. <laughs> where it's gonna go but it was a pretty fun show also last night there was uh nine jkl new uh cbs comedy that is bizarre what in the that? fact that it's got uh mark i i believe you pronounce his name firestein yeah um, and it's but it's got elliot gould it's got linda lavin who holy crap you haven't seen in a thousand years right oh yeah and uh And the idea is that uh, Mark Firestein gets divorced and loses his acting job as Blind Cop. He was on a show (laughs) called Blind Cop, and that show got canceled. He got divorced. He was in L.A. Now he's got nowhere to go, so he moves back to New York, and he's in basically his parents uh, have all three of these adjoining apartments. So his brother lives in one. Uh, he used to live in one, and they just kept it, and they use it sort of for, like, storage. <laughs> yeah. They just use it for, like, extra space. <laughs> and they live in the other one, so it's, uh, you know, the name of the show is the numbers of the apartments and everything. Right. And then it's, you know, like, their overbearing parents, oh, and she sure. has to live Again. right next to them and the yeah. whole thing. Huh. And it, it it's oddly um, a show that I feel like I should like. Yeah, and that has all kinds of stuff about it that ought to appeal to me. Right, and I just couldn't stand it. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> I was going to say Elliot Gould is enough to get me to watch it. Right, exactly. You know, and, and he's he's good in it, but you know, it's weird because uh, like when like when he was he he's not the guy that you think of as like sitcom necessarily. No. Although maybe in like later years he kind of is a little bit, I guess. But you know, like when he would guest star on Friends, right. Every episode that he was on was awesome. Right. I mean, he was just great, yep. right? And it's not even that he's bad here. It's just that he has to do goofier stuff. Like, yeah. it's very right. kind of goofified television, and it's all, yeah. like, overdone kind of, oh, it's funny that my overbearing mom lives next door, so we'll just really, Push really it. bang yeah, right. on that yeah. Yeah. every five seconds. And, uh, and it wasn't great. Tonight is uh, Kevin Probably Saves the World. Right. And which I think I already said that show is uh, like the best. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, it always makes you nervous. Whenever I see a good pilot now, I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Right. <laughs> because. Uh, because I'll I'll really love the pilot, and then I'm like, nah, the rest of the show is probably gonna. It's suck. probably gonna it's suck. Just yeah, probably just right. gonna, <laughs> it's probably gonna jump. They like, just right spilled off everything the into this. Yeah. yeah, right. 
Um, <laughs> I, I, I swear it's funny. I really like pretty good pilots better. Right. <laughs> right. Very <laughs> underwhelming. Like, Potential showing, I'm but like, not oh, valid. Like yeah. yeah. Anyway. Did you just see one of nine JKL or did you see No, I, ju- I just saw the one. Because um, I wonder if I maybe they the get their footing and maybe. they turn it around. Because that's a hell of a cast. Uh, Linda Lavin's great. Yeah. Everybody knows her as Alice, but right. I mean, that's how I know her. But I know she worked more than that. But still, Elliot Gould, her, like right. you'd think that would be designed to be hilarious. See, and you know what's weird about Is it an the hour? Show? Is no, it it's two, half, no, it's half hour. They got 20 minutes to make it funny. What's you, the matter you know, with them? You know what I think is weird? No. Well, and in the in the pilot when it's, you know, the, the standard is that uh, the pilot just has too much stuff to do. Always. Because right? you're yeah. trying to establish everything. Right. You have to get who's who and you can't. Uh, you can't always build trying to tell all the things you have to tell into yeah. a joke right. or into something funny. So it's tricky to do. But they just overdo everything yeah. so much. Yeah. But what it what it really made me think of actually was that uh, if the show was just them, like just right, the just parents, and dad, if right. that was just a show, right. that might be a pretty good show. Maybe it'll change. But they're maybe, trying maybe to they'll drift it that way. Yeah, maybe they'll pull a Kevin can wait. Not and to try to uh, kill people not off. Not to try to get rid of blind cop, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, and I did want to say uh, real quick, I uh, I finally caught Gerald's game. Um, You're which, ahead of me, which is on Netflix. Yeah, already. strangely, it's like not, I've seen parts uh, of it, but not all of it. Yeah, I haven't like jumped the gun. What'd you think? or anything? Uh, you know. I, I like some form of theory working in the background of that story yeah. and the movie. And the first probably 45 minutes of it, I thought were really good yeah. and like surprisingly really good right. for me. Because um, if you, you know, if I see like a 20 second trailer and a synopsis, this movie's got nothing for right. me. Uh, this right. is not my movie, right? This yep. might as well be like some really intense war movie from the 70s or something. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole game plan of this movie is not really for me. But the first about, somewhere about 45 minutes, and uh, I don't want to spoil stuff too much, except that I'm totally going to spoil stuff. Right. After you remove the but <laughs> dog toy, but yeah. there's a there you get to a point in the movie where there's a big scary guy, yeah, and it's all downhill from there for me. As soon as the the big scary guy appears, so what happens is uh, she's like handcuffed to the bed, and then her husband dies yep. while she's handcuffed to the bed. That's like that's really the, the first thing right. that happens. Yeah. Like that is the beginning. Right, like that's the very beginning. You're not more than like eight minutes into the movie. Right. That has happened, right? Right. And so she's handcuffed to the bed, and then she just starts, uh, you know, like she kind of sees him. Yeah. Like she <clears throat> she fantastically quickly loses her mind. Right. Right. <laughs> which I think it's is, an accelerated loss. Which I yeah. think is a really a little too quick. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so then he starts talking to her. Right as the apparition from her mind or whatever. Right. And then the other her starts talking to her too. Right. And I thought all that stuff was really cool. Yeah. Uh, it was it was really well done and it was it was like creepy and weird without being, you know, just kind of goofy about right. it or whatever. Like right. it was very serious about it. It was very serious about having kind of a mental breakdown and talking to yourself yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah. And uh and it was cool as just 
you know, more of even just a visual representation of her talking to herself in her mind because she can't just lay there and think to herself. That's right. not a movie. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But, um, but I thought that was all really cool. And then, uh, the, and then, and there's a dog. There's a, there's a big part of a dog when they right. pull up to this cabin where they're going for their secluded weekend of spice up their romance or right. whatever. Right. There's like this, you know, stray dog, wild dog, whatever. And she tries to dog. feed it. And then, uh, and then the dog gets in the house. Mm-hmm. So now she's, with shackled dog. with right. a wild dog and a right. dead body and everything. Yeah. And that, and that was all really cool. Um, but man, when the big weird guy comes in yeah, and, uh, you know, m- more spoiler sort of like this big weird looking guy comes into the room and you don't know if there's, a- and he's weird enough looking. Right. So that like helps sell Creep things, you right? Yeah, because right. you don't know if she's just a, imagining him right. or if he was really, really there. there and then suddenly he's gone so she's like well yeah i just imagine that i mean because right. he's not gonna come <laughs> in and then just leave right and right. so and then it's all you know whatever everything after that was just all kind hmm. of really quickly downhill for me yeah and then the ending was you know i don't i don't even have any idea if this is stephen king's actual ending so yeah. i won't i won't rip don't too hard it. on don't him because i don't know if that yeah. happened no i'm not going to ruin it or anything but it's just that it, i'm like that's it yeah <laughs> like it done just, like it just kind of stops and you're like but wait yeah <laughs> and it's right like, well it was the journey not right the it's not the destination right right one of those but stories. anyway um but it but it was really cool <laughs> and if i think that you know going into it if if you look at the synopsis and the trailer right. and you think it's going to be pretty good, it's probably going to be awesome. Right. So then you're probably going to love it. But anyway, so that's that. All right. Um, American Made. American Made. So Tom Cruise is uh, some real guy yeah. <laughs> who I don't, I don't know. I don't know actually if he is a real guy. I mean, he is a real guy. The yeah. person that he plays is a real guy. But I don't know if he's a real guy in the sense that everything we see happen in the movie is absolutely him or if it's maybe like kind yeah. of putting a couple of different guy. guys together. Yeah. I saw, I saw Doug, after, after seeing the film and then figuring out how I felt about it, I saw Doug Lyman say that it's not a biopic because someone said, oh, this is a really interesting biopic. And he's like, it's not a biopic. Tom Cruise doesn't look anything like Barry Seal at all. And he's like, basically consider the movie a fun lie made up around somewhat real events. You know, some real real things. Like Barry Seal was a pilot, but he didn't do things the way we represent them. We just kind of thought like, maybe this is what would happen if he had. So, But he did some of those things. But he did do some of those things. (laughs) And some of them were pretty bad. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's closely connected and yeah. that's that's like what I'm what I'm saying I don't know if you know all all the things happened more or less right but did he do all the things right. or, did or guys, are we just telling the right. story and he did you know whatever anyway but what happens is he's a pilot he's the uh, he's the youngest TWA pilot there ever was right. or whatever and uh, he gets into trouble because he's smuggling Cuban cigars and the CIA says hey there's way more interesting things you could be doing right 
So they have him trying to, uh, you know, run guns and get information, and he's, you know, he's given money to Noriega to yeah. get whatever information he gets from Noriega. Who knows? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the communists are trying to uh, have countries taken over by communist leaders and they are supplying them with weapons so the cia wants to supply them with weapons and mm -hmm. it's all kind of like the iran contra backwards right it's like yeah, it's, it's like, like reverse the, pre engineering it's it. the prequel yeah. to when we like really get up to that when there's a lot more of you know uh the sandinistas and nicaragua and like all this other yeah stuff that kind of finally builds up to where yeah. we get so serious about things that all of a sudden Oliver North is in a lot of trouble. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and he's got his one handler who comes in and out. And then, uh, during the course of the movie, things kind of, you know, escalate. And then all of a sudden it's like, it all goes wrong. But then, all of a sudden, yeah, we're back again. Right, know, it's, right. It's all it's the craziness. It's kind of like, in a way, it reminded me a lot of War Dogs, where <laughs> there are parts of what's going on. Excuse me. Where what we're really just trying to say by having the movie is that you can't believe this is what really happens, right, right. and this is what really happens. Right. It's <laughs> funny you mentioned that. This is how this is how stuff really goes down. Anyway. So that's the basic yeah. uh, idea of the movie. Uh, I was oh, yeah. I was pretty much uh, with this movie like at like four. Yeah, uh, I I actually I liked it, and bit. I really wanted to like it. And then somehow it is so like you like you said, it's uh, Doug Liman is the director, and it's just weird to look over all of his movies. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then sit down and be in this movie, right? Because right. he takes something that uh, it's it's weird. Like this is the opposite of most movies for me because you could like read the script, and it's way more exciting right. and interesting, right? And, uh, and and then he turns it into, and and that's like the opposite of him. Uh -huh. He takes weird things and yeah. makes them really e even more really interesting, interesting and exciting yeah. and and uh he knows how to you know one thing the main thing and i'll let you say your rating but the main thing for me that was just jarringly odd uh was that the thing that i love most about him and all his movies is that he knows how to go from point A to point B in the best possible way right? and make it movie awesomeness getting there, yeah. right? Point A itself might not be the greatest thing ever, and point B itself <laughs> might not either. Right. But in getting there in between those two it's things fun. is always fun to watch. Yeah. Yep. And this movie's like the opposite of that. Right. It's <laughs> it was yeah. so weird. Yep. I wound up giving it uh, just below average. I was a little better than you, but just four and a half. And and it's weird because so much of what I like about the film is Doug Liman. Anyway, I like I really like a lot of his movies. I don't think there's 
one off the top of my head that stands out as being like a real disappointment. Um, so I was excited to see him do it. And Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. Even you know, the ones that are disappointing for other people. There's still the ones right. that not everybody loved. Right. I probably I probably really enjoyed more them. Than you know, else. when I see Doug Lyman's attached to a project, I'm already like, that's great. Right. I'm so looking forward to that. And I like Tom Cruise. Still, despite all the hits he takes about his personal life and character, like I think he's very charming, and when he's acting, it's it's fun to watch. But there are so many things about his charisma here that are just not quite on the right spot, right? You know, for me, it's it's a strange movie that felt a lot longer. It says it's an hour and fifty five minutes, so it's like an hour and fifty with the the credits and. You know, it was still so weirdly paced. It managed to put me asleep for a minute. Yeah. You know, it was really weird. But it felt like it was two and a half hours long. Oh, it definitely did. You know, in some strange way, it felt like Doug Lyman was trying to do, though he he doesn't have to do anything because he has a good style, but it felt like this was right in line with, like, I'm going to Scorsese the hell out of this movie. Right. Because the film itself... I'm not entirely sure that you just can take any director who's great and put them on any project, which is okay to great and then have success sometimes people are real niche i don't i don't know that this was a lyman film designed to do well for doug lyman like yeah. in a weird way even though it's not bad and he didn't do horrible with it i just found so many things it's almost like if the film had chapter headings you know if there were like 12 chapters every single time a chapter starts and we're just like introducing the momentum, like that's the part that's fun for me. Yeah. Then all of a sudden we get to the danger or to the conflict or to all those things and I'm just sort of bored and distanced by it because right. it's just so weirdly put together. And maybe I'm just, because it's funny you mentioned War Dogs. I was going to say War Dogs, The Wolf of Wall Street, like The Big Short. Like there's a whole bunch of these films lately, this genre of, I mean, I just would call them biopics too, I guess, but I don't know if there's a Except better name for them. Not they're not exactly really biopics. Right, right. And it just feels like it's... Um, I love The Big Short. I like The Wolf of Wall Street very much. One of those films I wasn't wild about was War Dogs, but also the one about them, that genre that I didn't like, that I didn't like the most was uh, The Rock and Wahlberg's Pain and Gain. Oh, yeah, right, right. This felt more to me like that it, than yeah, anything. Like charismatic, capable, interesting actors with really great, interesting characters in a film that doesn't do much at all. Yeah, and, and it seemed like actually, uh, you know, now that you mentioned that one, it seemed for me, I can really put those two together a lot. Yeah. The, this movie and Pain and Gain, uh, because where I, I feel like this movie went wrong a lot is that Tom Cruise, I like Tom Cruise okay, and I like him pretty well in most of the things that he's in. Yeah. I don't love him as a person. No, I don't exactly, either. I know. But, I know what you mean. But I usually like what he does, but he's still really for me is kind of like in a Kevin James world. He's just in yeah, a different brand. I get it. He's still just the same guy all the time. Yeah. Right. He's still really mostly just playing the same character. Yeah. And in this movie and, and like what he has is he's just got this weird charismatic ability to uh -huh. be that guy yeah. in the right way in the situation and make it work. And really all he does, I think, is it's whether or not he's dialing up or dialing down that character. Yeah, yeah. And in this movie, he's like dialed up at all the wrong times. Right. 
And yeah. he never really dials down very much. Yep. So when he's going into something where, uh, you know, you want like a little bit more of a serious yeah. thing to happen. Right. He's still kind of, you know, mission impossible in his way around and, yeah. you know, kind of like dopey wise crack and whatever you know when the army starts moving in on the hotel right he's you know kind of flippant and lackadaisical yeah, yeah. like it, yeah he's not acting like some guy who suddenly right. has a bunch of people shooting like if he needs a different reaction yeah. and whatever it is that he does like when he, he lands the plane and people start beating the crap out of him and <laughs> right. Right. you know he's in another country he, they could easily just decide to kill him and right. and what what's going to happen right who cares right? right i mean and he's not really scared yeah and then he shows up like with the baseball bat which is not yeah. tom cruise's decision necessarily right. that he's got a baseball bat but right. the fact that he has a baseball bat is indicative of the whole yeah <laughs> misfire of his attitude and stuff and and for me, you know, now that you make me think about it, it's sort of the same as how pain and gain went wrong for me right. because they were all just, you know, dialed up to the wrong level at all the yep. wrong in all parts. the different scenes. And and it's not like Mark Wahlberg can't play something good. Right. Or or put a more serious spin onto something. Yeah. In that movie you kind of could write it off a little bit because they're just so stupid. They're supposed to be caricatures in a way. <laughs> they're yeah, just supposed right. to be so right. stupid. And this guy's not, but well, it just had this weird feeling. And, and for me, it's like, uh, you said when they first meet the, when he first meets the, the drug cartel, really. Yeah. That part was great. Loved it. I loved it because he had, he had no opportunity really to be dialing anything up. Right. He yeah. really was right. Nervous as hell about what was going on. <laughs> Should be. Yeah. And, and that part was all really good, but then it's, you know, I don't know. It just, it jumps around so much without his character yeah. really acting any differently. Right. It's like whatever scene he's in, he's just kind of acting the same. Yeah. And not like as the same character, right. but you know, <laughs> having the same thoughts and emotions and whatever. And and the only real deviation from that was when he kind of locks himself in that bathroom at the one point and then he's clearly got a different it, emotional he's, landscape. Yeah, he's certainly thinking. But throughout the movie it would have been so much better served too if he wasn't because there's there's a weird i mean i'm just saying a variation of what you said it's just there's a weird thing where he's not in the same movie everybody else is in right. you know and when he's just in con air and everyone else is trying to <laughs> right, make right. something else when you put those together he he just as a guy with a family you know he's got a he's got a, a smart resilient attractive wife They've got a brood of children. I thought it was just like a couple. It turns out there's like 11 of them, you know, but there's a lot of kids. He needs to genuinely reflect and feel like I've got my family in trouble. How do I get them out? I guess the only way out is through. Right. And that's where the craziness might be, but he doesn't get to be Maverick Jr. who right, just right, knows. Right. It's almost like the, the problem for me is twofold with his character. One in the very first scene of the film, but even if we forget that, his character um, almost acts throughout the whole film like he's already read the end of the screenplay. Right. Like he already knows I'm going to be untouched for most of this. So what does it matter? Shoot at me. I'm not going to get hit. You know, right. instead of a guy who's like, oh my God, I'm in some deep shit right. and I don't know how to get out of it. 
and then my own government keeps throwing me further in the pool, like that right. kind of thing. The you know it's weird thinking back on it. About halfway through the film, the very first scene is just a quiet thing while the credits are rolling. He and another co-pilot are flying in the night, and everyone else is sleeping. And he just looks back and he just kind of thinks like, "Hey, I'm going to be a dick, and I'm going to pitch the plane a bit, right, and I'm going right, to wake right. everybody up, and then I'm going to be like, "Hey, uh, this is your captain speaking. Don't worry, just a little turbulence." <laughs> Right. and snicker and i look at that guy and that's not the same guy that i see in the rest of the film that guy's a sociopath right. right and it's not that you have to be a sociopath later he's just not the character he was in the first scene right. like if he if you need to do anything about the character that he's playing in this you need to instill early this weird thing that tom cruise is fantastic at uh, an adrenaline addicted like action junkie who's just bored with the day in day out flying from Phoenix to Boston right and he wants a little bit more in his life because he's starting to feel like he's not going anywhere except back and forth across the map I, I like that character is really interesting put him in a situation where somebody says hey we got something for you right but you don't get that like he's just constantly Cheshire grinning his way through everything <laughs> and then accidentally falling into deeper and deeper danger and never acknowledging that his family or himself is in, in jeopardy. And then you want me to take the film seriously as some sort of like this really happened. And I'm right. like, bullshit. And There's then, no way that happened. Right. And then what happened, it's weird too, because it, it does kind of lose itself in him having just kind of a weird demeanor going through yeah. a, a lot of different bullet, situations you know <clears throat> but then what happens is there's a part where we start running through how much money he has like oh yeah he's he's doing <laughs> right. these he's doing these major drug runs uh yeah for the huge like cartel yeah if you watch narcos you right, just yeah. get a different version of the same people here <laughs> yeah um and he's you know he's bringing guns he's br he's like shuttling the freedom fighters back to the u.s to supposedly uh, train right. to fight or whatever but yeah. they can't keep them there. <laughs> they yeah. keep escaping that's and a going, riot too. that's actually America. pretty yeah that part's cool that's but, funny but he's doing all these uh <laughs> drug runs uh and you know making you can't even imagine how much money and right. and he, like you know he's got this weird demeanor he's kind of just odd about it and then they take, you know, like a minute, 90 seconds, something like that, and just have him voice over. Now we're explaining how much money he has right. and showing all these places that he's got money hidden in all these duffel bags and he's burying it in his land and it's in all these suitcases piled up in yeah. his barn. Yeah. And it's everywhere. And it's like the fact that we're just looking at it and having him narrate. Right. Is supposed to make it all more serious and believable, right. and we can like somehow emotionally connect with it better. Yeah, because now we're just explaining it as though we switched over to a documentary for a minute. Right. But then we get back to him, and he's just he's the just same that guy. guy. Yeah. And and what's uh, what's odd about it too is there is a lot of this that's real, right? Like. That the the ending really happens, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they really like raid his property, and they show the real photos of his oh, money. Yeah. yeah. From uh, from like the real time that happened when he had all these suitcases full of money just 
everywhere, yeah. just like literally everywhere on his land. He could not find more places to stick it. Right. Right. And apparently to that extent, we're in reality, but that guy is a different guy than the guy we're watching in this movie. Right. Because if the guy that we're watching in this movie had that much money in cash, plus he's got money in banks, there are now like 15 <laughs> banks on right. one street. That's a great in, scene. In this, that, that is a with good the, scene. When the they, federal they agent shows up and, up and he's just looking around. Yeah, and he's like one bank after they're, another. They're in like a town of like a <laughs> population of like 2,500 <laughs> yeah. and there's like 15 banks. Right. Like one, yeah. They've got bank row and yeah. it's just all his money. Yeah. The one bank had to expand so that he all his money could take over the one vault. Right. And that's just money. He's got money in every bank. He's got millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. And that's only the money that's in banks, right. not counting all the right. other millions of dollars that are buried in his land. The guy that we're watching in this movie, though, that guy, at some point, he would just go, I'm out. Yeah. I think I'm done. He'd be right. like, I got enough money that you won't find me. Right. I, I could go somewhere. Right. And you'll never find me. Right. I, have, I have enough right. money to hide forever. Right. And apparently that's not who the real guy is because that's not what he did. Right. But that's not the guy you're showing me. And now I have to kind of just play along that yeah. he is that guy. And, you know, like we were talking about, he's just always, he's always dialed up and he's always got the same weird demeanor. Even when he's talking to his wife, at times when you can't talk to your wife like that. Right. Right. (laughs) Otherwise, you have to sell me, you have to sell me her as a very different person too, because... She, because he's not explaining anything. Yeah, it's all these he acts explanations. Like, he acts like he doesn't care that she's upset about anything. Right. He kind of acts in a certain way, especially in a couple of scenes. He kind of acts like, you know, indignant that she's upset. Right. Like, right. But what do you have to be upset about? Like, right. as if she knew what was going on or something. Yeah. And he's not telling. And so it all just doesn't really mess together. <laughs> Yeah, and like you were saying too, there are parts of it where this is the aven- this is the road we're on to tell this story, and in order to do that, some parts of the road, man, are yeah. just boring as hell. Yeah, so all of a sudden you're trying to go through all this stuff, and there's a lot of it where you have to kind of break and then just start explaining things. Yeah. And it's totally boring. It, and there shouldn't be anything about this movie that's no, boring. Not with... Because it's insane. <laughs> not with the two... Right. The story itself is like enough of a hook to get any, you know, kind of actor interested in it. And the director is like, yeah, that sounds like a really weird story. I can't believe this guy did these things. Right. And even if he didn't, we're going to tell it. You put Doug Lyman and Tom Cruise together... And I don't care what the movie is. Right. After Edge of Tomorrow, I'm going to see it a million times because that was one of my favorite films of like the last many, many, many years. And it was so much fun and it was so thoughtful and well done. Um, you know, in a weird way, I also thought when I saw this only because it seemed, I don't know if it seemed that way to you. To me, it seemed very reminiscent of, I mentioned Scorsese, but there's a lot of like, hints of these other films before this that did what they're doing in this film way better. And I can't tell if they're indebted, 
what I'm getting at is my Friday Night Lights theory, Correct. which is by Correct. the time Friday Night Lights was a movie, it had already been opted in so many different ways from like unknown number of films and stories and TV shows and specials that when I saw Friday Night Lights, I'm like, you're just copying all these other things. But then I realized all those other things took from Friday Night Lights. Right. The scenes where he's with his wife, they made it feel to me like it wanted to be when Ray Liotta is in Goodfellas. Yeah. And he's yeah. just like, you know, Karen, I need the money. Like there's these scenes there that have like a gravity to them. And, you know, what's missing in this film from that film is not Ray Liotta, but just his panic, like his, like we're fucked right. like we're in a lot of trouble i need that and she's like we don't have it and like and like earning it too er, with, right, with i was just gonna say like the stuff before through yeah. through a process of things like it, strangely the majority of stuff that i didn't like about the film i can almost sum up in like a thesis statement but the stuff that i liked about the film was all over the place like yeah. i actually really liked a couple of the scenes that he and his wife have together but not to do with anything of Tom Cruise. It's because of her. Right. Like, I like when he's, like, doing the, you know, the bro, frat boy kind of grin, like, trust me. She's punching right. him. She's like, I don't trust you. Look right. at what you've done to our family. Like, I like that because that's a real reaction. Yeah. When he has, uh, when he has some scenes with other people, like, they're just disposable, but they're so engaging to me because I feel like I'm seeing beyond the caricature of this grinning frat guy who's right, just doing... Right. Even even a silly one where they're driving the three planes because he's got all these backups and they're and then, being tracked. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's like, "All right, buddy, you know they can't. They're gonna outrun us, but they can't slow down. Like right. we're just gonna hover, you know." <laughs> right. And then basically, like that works so well on a singular scene, but then in the following scene, a uh, soon following scene, where they have planes just like him, and they're like, "Look, man, now right. what are you gonna do?" And then he decides to just land arbitrarily. Like, that's actually kind of like, I wish the film had dedicated more in that direction because then I was really fun. Right. It was engaging to me. And, and I was interested in this guy who is probably crazy enough to do that stuff, but also has, he's earned those scenes. Right. And a lot of the times when they do other things, I'm like, you haven't earned that. You're just telling me a movie because I've seen movies. I know what you're doing. But right, if this is right. my first movie... I'm either dazzled by this or terribly confused. Yeah, there, there's a lot of this movie, I think, that it it does that. It takes the, you know, you've seen other movies shortcuts yeah, right. in several spots. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't really give you a foundation. So nothing gets like an emotional payoff. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's never more weirdly true than when he's talking with his wife and when things are starting to fall apart. There's one scene when they're laying in bed and he's talking to her and he's like, well, if something happens, I want you to put on all your jewelry. Yeah, right. And she's just like, yeah. uh, that was like the flattest, yeah. most boring scene that was, yep. ever. And then when we get closer to the end and she's got all her jewelry on. Yeah. And then she starts throwing it on the ground and yeah. she starts taking stuff off. And then the FBI people are there and they start trying to pick it up. Yeah. Right. Because right. now it's not on her. Right. That was so... That was just so false. Yep. Like that's not. That should have been okay. Great. Now, now you're more pissed at him. Right. But that's not what you would do. Right. I mean. Right. It, how does that get back at him? Yeah. <laughs> that does nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna right? die. I'll show you. And that felt. Yeah. It felt very false. It's like, what could we do right here that would be really dramatic? Right. And and right. then there's no answer. There's just I don't know. But look, it's really dramatic. Right. <laughs> right. And it and it just didn't you know play out very well. So it 
it's ultimately four, and you know we've yeah. probably gone on long enough yeah. about this movie, but it's only four. But I still really liked a lot. See, of I was it. just gonna say, but, like, still, but I also fun. I also hated a lot of it. Yeah, and it's weird. And this is another movie that you know I wish this was an hour long. Yeah, if this was cut like in half or well, around in half, then we wouldn't have all yeah. of those. Like, if we could just think more TV pilot about yeah, making right. this movie, right? <laughs> Because this movie thinks that it has a bunch of time to waste. Yeah. And that would be okay if you were doing something with right, that time. Right, right. Yep. But the movie both wastes a bunch of time and doesn't do enough to develop other stuff it's doing. Yeah. At the same time, how do you do both of those? How do you have yeah. how do you have time to kill? That's a and, and that's not, a weird kind of clumsy. Use it? Yeah. yeah, I agree. If this had been a 90-minute film, it would have been stronger because it would have had to push faster it would have had to have gone through all the unnecessary stuff or you know you would have as a as a representative of the story you would have been like well i really have to convey this in a different way because time is of the essence yeah i think that running time is actually a big enemy against it yeah and you know we were talking about this just to kind of branch off for a minute we were talking about this not too long ago about you know when we were growing up movies were 90 minutes and that's it right and and a lot of times they were 80 minutes even yep and if you were a two-hour movie, right. you better be some badass movie. Yeah. And there, there is something, I think, to be said for movies coming out in that sort of structure where you've got somebody going, look, it's 90 minutes. That, yeah. That's what you're right. getting. Right. And people have to go, well, then what do I do? How do I more effectively do what I need to do in that 90 minutes? And if you want like 10, 15 more minutes, you have to convince somebody right. <laughs> that, you think some that, of that you're going to do something with yeah, it. I know we're getting out of here, but you think some of that has to do with casting someone like Tom Cruise, where you're like, look, Probably, we're going to pay him yeah. X number anyway. Right. We're going to get a lot of minutes out of yeah. this guy. Like, I feel like in some way you already shoot yourself in the foot for a better story. But it's not like you get anything out of that either. You it's know, like we're going to have them on screen more. It's not I, like we're paying yeah. for how long the movie is. Right. <laughs> we paid. <laughs> like, but I, I'm with you. I actually gave it kind of a lower rating, but I still had fun watching it, though it was frustrating. Right. You know, and kind of like a missed opportunity. And it's, it's, really st- it's still pretty recommendable, I think. Too. I think it it's is too. Like I think it's I, one of those films where you're like, you got to get out of the house. You're not interested in football. You don't care about the playoffs of baseball. Well, go go see this. If you like Tom Cruise or you just want to see like a weird dramatic yarn because sci-fi or horror is not your thing, this will this will be a good thing to see. Right. It's fine. Or, uh, you know, wait for it to come yeah. to Blu-ray because there's probably good television to watch somewhere. Right? There's a lot of good TV. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway. All right. That's it for this week. Uh, next week is Blade Runner. Blade and, Runner. Uh, Shane is chomping at the bit. I can't. Come on. You want to see this. You're, you're psyched, I, right? I do. Re- tell me again. I, You've I seen do more reviews? Because I have uh, seen some reviews where people are saying, uh, I saw at least four people. I know, I know four for sure. Yeah. That said, uh, it was better than the original, and I don't mean like my friend across the street. I mean like <laughs> right, like so, some like critic, a Rex Reed like, or like some a real like critic. a real critic. Uh, yeah, some magazine or or critic specifically uh, said I, some. Either they said it's better than the original, or they said it's as as good as, as the good. original. That's fine. Or they said possibly better than the original right, or right. whatever. I mean, I mean that's but a high they bar. are comparing it to, and you know, Blade Runner is a movie that. Uh, you know, lots of people love. It's got a huge, yeah. huge cult following and all that. But uh, 
you know, I don't know that there are a lot of people that are listing Blade Runner in like their top five movies of right. all time. Right. It's not like it's the greatest thing ever. Right. And so if you say this is as good as the original, <laughs> you know, you're right. saying it's instantly one of the best movies right. that ever happened. Right. Right. Uh, but for, for a cult following type of movie to get that kind of a reaction right. that's kind of a big deal that's sizable that yeah. people are going to say that yeah so yeah. i always feel nervous because when i get psyched for films like this we always go and then we walk out and you sucks. walk out with me and you're like so that didn't live up to your expectations <laughs> i'm like i hate the world this sucks so yeah anyway but that's I'm, the next uh, thing so yeah that's next i'm week. psyched i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll be that'll a be it. exciting time all right yeah uh thanks for tuning in and uh please remember to share subscribe and uh rate us and review us on itunes yeah bye bye hey listeners on behalf of myself and shane leonard we want to thank you for tuning in once again the are you screening podcast is brought to you by are and a lot of wonderful people who help us out Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night. <laughs>